Let me invite you now to turn to Nehemiah chapter 2. We are studying this book in the, in the Old Testament because Nehemiah was a difference maker. Nehemiah was used by God to restore the broken and the burn. Nehemiah was used by God to change the trajectory of an entire city. And I want us to learn from Nehemiah because, and you may agree or disagree with this, you can think about this. I think in the heart of every person, because every person is created by God in the image of God, I think in the heart of every person is a desire to be a difference maker. Now you can look within your own heart and consider, is that true for me? Do I desire to be a difference maker? I think it's written into your heart in the image of God. I think the question is, do I believe I have what it takes to be a difference maker? See, it it may be that I don't think I I have that in my heart. I think you do. It just may be covered up so much with, I don't think I have what it takes. Or you may think, I do want to make a difference, but change a city? I don't know, God. You see, it's not that every one of us are going to change a city like Nehemiah did that ultimately changed a nation. But to make a difference in your home or where you work, to make a difference on the street in which you live or a group in which you engage... I think God has made you to make a difference because he's a difference maker. The gospel is the greatest transformation in a person's life. God is a difference maker. And so we're going to simply look at and learn from the life of Nehemiah this morning. What is in the heart of every one of us, I believe, desire to make a difference. We're going to learn this morning. What's it take? What are the necessary ingredients to make a difference? So here's how the story of Nehemiah has unfolded. He heard about what was going on in Jerusalem. He was broken by that. He mourned, he wept, he fasted, he prayed that God would make him successful. And then one day the king said to him, finally, after four months, why is your face sad, though you're not sick? And Nehemiah tells him, well, why should my face not be sad when the city, the place my father's tombs, of my father's tombs, lies desolate and its gates have been consumed by fire? And the king says to him, what do you need? What do you request? And Nehemiah says, if it please the king and if your servant has found favor before you, send me to Judah, to, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it, that I may make a difference. That's what's in his heart. And he says, let it, let it happen. That's what I'm asking, that I could be released to make a difference. And now we'll see. So what's it take? If you're looking at the text, look at the next verse. Then the king said to me, verse six, the queen sitting beside him, How long will your journey be? And when will you return? 
So it pleased the king to send me, and I gave him a definite time. This might seem really obvious, but what is the first core ingredient to be a difference maker? What's it going to take? It's going to take time. (laughs) The king knew it. And he hears, you want to go back to Jerusalem and, and make a difference? How long are you going to be gone? What's it going to take? And Nehemiah had thought about it for months. For four months, he had not only prayed and fasted, but, but he had thought about, if the king would send me, how long would I need to be gone? It really takes time to be a difference maker. All of us, and, and this is where sometimes we lose it, because all of us would, would really like to make a difference, but then we go, uh, I just don't have enough time. You ever think that? My life's so full, uh, I don't have any time. And it sounds great, Doug. And this pile of rubble that we have is this reminder that the world is filled with opportunity to make a difference, whether it's the lost or the lonely or the trafficked or the orphan or the broken. The the opportunity is there, but when it comes down to it, you kind of go, I just don't have enough time. So let me tell you some good news. Everyone has a limited amount of time, (laughs) right? You say, that's good news? Yes. Everybody has a limited amount of time. In other words, Nehemiah had the same amount of time as you had. Sometimes it's easy to think, oh, people will make a difference. They just have time. No, they have the same amount of minutes in every day as you do. But what they've captured is this, that actually we have an unbelievable privilege to be able to invest minutes that we'll never get back into something we'll never lose. You capture that? You and I have the opportunity today to either use our minutes for something that just won't last, or we can invest our minutes today and then the coming week into something that will never, ever pass away. People. Nehemiah didn't just go back to build walls and to fix gates. He went back to build walls and fix gates so that distressed people wouldn't be distressed any longer. Uh, Yes, we all have a limited amount of time. Some of you know I love the, the Broadway production of Hamilton. Maybe you've seen it. Uh, and there's a song in there about Alexander Hamilton. Why do you write as if you're running out of time? Why do you write as if you're running out of time? Why do you write as if you're running out of time? And what's the answer? Because he is. <laughs> See, there is... There is, don't miss this, there is a reality that difference makers recognize I have limited amount of time. And until I get that, I will be prone to waste it. Now some of us will get more days than others. But all of us get the same amount of time in the days we get. And so, what would it mean for you to go, 
the lost. How can I use my time for the broken, for the trafficked, for the lonely, for the orphan? I know your life's full. Everybody's is. I know you have limited time. Everybody does. It's just difference makers recognize I could invest it in things that will last for eternity. And when I get that, I realize this. I'm going to learn to say yes according to the resulting no's. Now, what's that, what in the world does that mean, to say yes to the resulting no's? Every time I say yes, I'm actually saying no to something else. And I have found, and maybe this will help you, I have found that it's easier to figure out what I should say yes to if I consider what I'll have to say no to if I say yes to it. And when I figure out my no's, then that really makes my yeses clear. Or I go, "Mm, I'm not going to say yes to that. Because the no's are not, what, worth it. I'm not going to say yes because the no's aren't worth it. I think we get lost in yes, 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 yes. And I hope this helps you. The next time before you say yes to your limited time, ask yourself, what am I going to have to say no to if I say yes to this? And is it worth saying no to? If not, why are you saying yes? Difference makers recognize from the king to Nehemiah to I hope now you this morning. I am running out of time. I'm going to live with the incredible opportunity maximized to take time I'll never get back to invest it into something I'll never lose. That's the privilege of time. So how much time is it going to take? He tells him, and the king says, go for it. Here's the second ingredient. I said to the king, if it please the king, let letters be given me for the governors of the provinces beyond the river that they may allow me to do what? Pass through. In other words, uh, very simple. From where he is in the capital, Susa, to where he's going, to Jerusalem, about a thousand miles. And for him to travel that thousand miles, he's gonna have to pass through provinces that aren't gonna allow him to pass unless, unless the king says, let him pass. What's he need? He needs authority. He needs authority. If you're going to make a difference, you have to have some authority. Otherwise, people go, who are you? (laughs) What do you think you're doing? Now, you may go, oh, well, do I have authority? Well, how do you get authority? Well, some authority you get by position. That would be called the king. (laughs) And the governors of the provinces, they had authority. It was by position. Some of you have authority by position. Are you using it 
to make a difference. Difference makers need authority. Sometimes it's not by position. Sometimes it's by experience slash reputation. You might have the, not have the position, but everybody knows at your workplace, he knows, he's been around. He, he doesn't have the position, but he has the goods. And they trust you. You remember the life, remember the life, remember the time in the life of Jesus when he's teaching and they bring a paralytic through the roof and they put him down through the roof. And Jesus says, seeing their faith, your sins are forgiven. And they ask this question, by what authority do you have to forgive sin? See? What authority do you have to make that sort of difference in that person's life? And Jesus said, okay. How about this one? Rise up and walk. And by the authority of the Son of God, the man stood up and walked. And now people went, hmm. (laughs) By what he just did in the visible, he has the authority to do in the Invisible. Okay, make it real. You might not have the position. Do you have the reputation? Do you live the life? Do people experience you in a manner that goes, they live in a way that I trust them, that I believe them. They're truth tellers. They're men of integrity or women of integrity. Sometimes authority comes from relationship. You don't have the position, but you are connected to the person who has the position. Or you have a relationship that gives you that authority because of their experience. This, friends is you and I. Do you have authority? Well, you might have authority at work. You might have authority in this city. You might have authority in a group that you lead. But every single one of us have this authority. Jesus said, after being crucified, buried, raised from the dead, just prior to him ascending to heaven, he says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. In other words, all authority in the visible and in the invisible. Go, therefore, and make a difference. Make disciples. Restore the broken, the burn. Help the orphan. Share the gospel. Reach out to your neighbor. And not just your street, not just your city. Make a difference in all the nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I, who has what? No, no, has what? All authority is where? With you. Better yet? In you. 
See, I realized as I was reading this text, I never thought about this. Nehemiah said, "Uh, King, thanks for sending me, but I don't think I'm going to make it unless you give me authority. So give me a letter. What if the king says, oh, forget the letter. I'll come with you. (laughs) Oh, sweet. Even better. That's what Jesus said. Just forget the letter. I'll come with you. And in fact, I'll place myself in you. The authority to be difference makers in this world, church, comes at the core, foundationally, from the one who has all authority, who dwells with in us. That's a hundred thousand times better than a letter. My brother was given one time this little card that said, the guy who gave it to him said, hey, uh, I know the governor. If you just give this card to a policeman, if he ever pulls you over, they'll just go, oh, no problem, sir. So he gave it to the policeman the first time. The policeman went, Uh, Thank you. And he gave it right back to him and he wrote his ticket. (laughs) So you got to make sure (laughs) the person you think has the authority actually has the authority. He had kept that card so safe, so ready, and (laughs) gone. Does Jesus have all authority? And therefore, if you wonder, do I have authority? what it takes to make a difference. Everybody listening right now has time. And for those who have trusted in Jesus, you have what? Authority. What else do you need? Nehemiah says, well, thanks. How about this? And a letter to Asaph, the king of the king's forest. Why do I say that? The keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress, which is by the temple, for the wall of the city, and for the house to which I will go. If you're going to make a difference, you need time, authority, and what? You got to have materials, you got to have resources. You're going to have to have resources. I'm going to name some here and and then hold on to that. But let's just talk practically. Um, This church exists to make a difference, correct? Now, we want to make a difference not only in this community, but to the ends of the earth. The difference, we define it this way. To grow fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ followers to take those who are not Christ followers and to Greg and Joyce, not Christ followers, to Christ followers. And then to be growing, to hear the word and receive it, to grow fully devoted and, I appreciate, spirit-empowered. Because if I don't know spirit empowerment, doesn't matter how devoted I am. I can't get it done unless I know the power of the Holy Spirit. So friends, what do we need? 
to grow fully devoted, spirit-empowered Christ followers. We need relationships, what we call connect. We need equip. We need truth. And then we need to learn to uh, make a difference, make an impact. So here's some resources. If we're going to make an impact, if we're going to be difference makers in the city, I'm just giving you an example right now as a church level. Nehemiah needed timber. We don't need any timber. Thank you. We don't need any timber. Here's what we need right now. We need seven folks who will go, I'll lead a family group. See, we, we never are lacking people who want to be in a family group, just people who want to lead a family group. What we've learned is this. Where we have family group leaders, we have family groups. And right now we have more people than we have leaders. I think some of you, listen, some of you are in family groups, could lead a family group. You may be thinking, well, who's not in a family group? They should lead one. Maybe you should lead another one. Seriously. You actually have experience of what makes a good one and what makes a bad one. (laughs) We could use, uh, I say seven. Thursday night, a guy said, Right on, I'll be one. So, six. We need 20 more ushers. Really? Yeah. You know why? Because um, for like two years now, we've taken communion prepackaged. And we are moving away from that. I know. Uh, uh, let your clapping be volunteering. See, some of you are like, I ain't clapping. I know where we're headed right here. <laughs> I got a hallelujah Thursday night, and I was like, sign him up. <laughs> well, why? Because it's, hey, it's been really convenient. You grab that prepackaged thing, but uh, again, it's been, no, it's been uh, helpful. But the cross is not sterile. It's not that clean. I'm not promoting bacteria. Don't get all nervous. (laughs) I'm saying it's a symbol of something that was pretty messy. There's something a little uh, industrial about... Anyway. (laughs) We need people to pass it. Uh, People who are members, actually. Because it is an act of worship. So, this should not be hard, CFC, but this, this, is our, this, is, this is our timber. And we need 90 host homes for power-up cups. If we're going to make an impact, 90 host homes. 90 folks who will go, yeah, I'd be glad to turn my front yard into an opportunity for making an impact in this community. All right, Here, here's what I want you to get. Why did Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, give Nehemiah timber? Because he heard Nehemiah go, I want to go back and build it. And he was like, wow, I could get on board with that. I feel it. I'm in with you. No, that's not why. Why did Asaph give Nehemiah timber? Because the king told him to. 
So friends, I am simply, I believe this with all my heart, I'm simply asking you to ask your king, Jesus, what do you want me to do? If you'll ask him, and with an open heart and a courageous heart of faith, say yes to whatever he says, I trust the king, Jesus. I trust him. So I'm not saying you need to get on board and fall in love with power-up clubs. I don't need you to do that. I just need you to be responsive to the king. You see what I'm saying? See the difference? We, we live lives like, oh, no, I, I have to. I, I don't, just don't feel it yet. That's all right. You don't have to feel it. We just need timber. Actually, I think what will happen is God will move in your heart. But here's some, and this is just, I'm just giving you examples. We got lots more timber opportunities, if you will. But all I'm saying is Asaph did what he did because the king said what he said. If you will ask your king, Jesus, what he wants of you, I'm prepared to trust how he leads you. And the king granted them, verse 8, and the king granted them what? The minutes, the letters, the resources, because my argument was so compelling. My vision was so compelling. I had done such a phenomenal job serving him, he owed me. Now, these are all the things that we trust in. The king gave what was needed because and only because, see, I love Nehemiah here, only because the good hand of God made it happen. I don't think this is an overstatement. We need time, we need authority. And we need resources. But nothing, nothing for difference makers replaces the hand of the Lord. Nothing replaces. See, that's what I love about Nehemiah. Nehemiah recognized I have the resources I have, but I have them because of the good hand of the Lord. Because the good hand of God made it happen. That's why I can be confident that if the Lord has called us to do something, to make a difference in this community, if the Lord has called us to make a difference in the Punjab region of India, if the Lord has called us to, to make a difference in Africa through our commended missionaries, if the Lord has called us to make a difference in this community through Alpha and divorce care and grief share and power-up clubs, if he's called us, what will he do? He'll provide. That's why I, do, that's why I can say I have full confidence if you ask the king. He'll move to provide what we need. Just like he did then, he'll do now. 
you might say it this simply. God pays for what he orders. He does. God pays for what he orders. Faithful is he who has called you, and he too will bring it to pass. That ought to be a Bible verse. It is. 1 Thessalonians 5.24. Faithfully he has called you, and he will bring it to pass. The hand of the Lord. See, I hope every single one of you is asking yourself a very important question right now. Is the hand of the Lord upon you? See, I don't know what's stirring in your heart right now. Is the hand of the Lord upon you? Is it like helpful or necessary? (laughs) Yeah, both would work. But it's more than helpful. It's unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. Now, don't miss. Unless the Lord does it, it's not going to happen. But who still builds it? (laughs) The watchman doesn't go, Lord, I'm, I'm trusting in you. Good night. The watchman says what? I'm trusting in you. I'm going to stay awake all night. But I know that me being awake all night is not going to get it done. It's an important part, but that's not going to get it done. I need to be awake, (laughs) and I need you to watch. I was trying to help. uh, I don't have time for that story. Oh, I got to tell. Trying to help a young man when I was a youth pastor here. prepare to be a difference maker in some of his peers. And we were about three hours away from when he was supposed to speak to him. And I said, so tell me what you got. And he said, oh, I'm just trusting the Lord will give me words in the moment. And I said, yeah, that's a bad plan. I'm trusting the Lord's going to give you words in this moment when you go and prepare. See what I'm saying? There is no, I'm not saying, hey, the good hand of the Lord means we don't build, we don't stay awake, we don't prepare, we don't study. We do all those things, and then we understand this. I'm the vine, Jesus says, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So I, I need the Lord. And what's my role? What's my role? To abide in him as he abides in me. So what would we sing? Lord, teach me to abide. Teach me to abide. You abide in me. Teach me to remain in you as you will remain in me. Because otherwise, I'll be busy but barren. What a horrible thing to be busy but barren. And then final, 
Then I came to the governors of the provinces beyond the river and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent with me officers of the army and horsemen. We'll talk about that next week. When Sambalat, remember this name, the Horonite and Tobiah, remember that name, Sambalat and Tobiah, the Ammonite official, heard about it. It was very displeasing to them that someone had come to seek the welfare of the sons of Israel. It seems crazy, but do you realize that when you seek the welfare of orphans, there's actually people who like, I'm not happy about that. And you may think, who could be against that? Well, entire governments could. Many people would be against your desire to seek the welfare of orphans or the lonely. My wife, almost a year ago now, stopped in at one of the older folks' homes along San Jose Boulevard and said, I, I'd like to, because God has put widows on her heart. I'd like to help. And they were like, we don't need your help around here. No, I, I just, I just want to volunteer. We don't need that. She walked away so discouraged. How could they not want help? Anybody going to be displeased for those who are seeking to be a difference maker in the area of abortion? Yeah, get ready. You see my point? If you're going to be a difference maker, what do you need? Time. You have as much as any difference maker on the planet ever had. You need authority. All authority, if you have trusted in Jesus, is with you. You need resources. God pays for what he orders. You need the hand of the Lord. <laughs> you have the spirit of God himself dwelling in you. But you better be ready for resistance. Because if you're not, you're going to quit before you get started. If Nehemiah wasn't ready for resistance, he would have headed home before he restored the first block. Ready for resistance. Jesus said it this way. Remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Persecution is not a closed door. Persecution is part of following Jesus. It's the promise of following Jesus. But in our American mentality... We've turned it, well, uh, mm, persecution, 
God wouldn't want us to suffer. We follow a suffering leader. Now, I don't, I don't say that with great, hey, yay, hurrah. I realize it's one of the lesser uh, bl- hoped-for promises in the Bible. <laughs> but I, I have to live with the reality, and I hope you're living with the reality that who knows what the next 20 years is going to hold for you and hold for me. But we need to be ready that if Jesus suffered and we're going to follow him, that we would suffer as well. Ready for resistance. So there's a phrase I want to invite you to mull over in the next week, right? It's in the text that we're going to look at next week. So you ready? The Lord, Nehemiah says, the Lord had put in my heart. What has God put in your heart? What has God put in your heart? Now you may go, I don't know. I don't know if it's the Lord or not. Ask yourself this. Well, we'll talk about it next week. I just want you to ask yourself this. Do I think, do I wrestle with, what has God put in my heart? That he would move in me and through me. Why is that important? Because who has time? And who has authority? And who has resources? And who has the hand of the Lord? And who is ready for resistance? See, what I'm saying is we've got the core ingredients. The question is, what has God put in your heart? So bow with me. Then we're going to ask the Lord in a time of response to move in us, to move through us. But in this moment, would you ask the Lord? Lord, would you continue to clarify, make clear, and burn bright what you have placed in my heart, what you love, what you want to do, and the difference that you want to do through me. Because in your heart is the God-given desire to make a difference. Where? With whom? Doing what? Lord, we want to be a part of what you're doing because, as we will sing, when you move, our world is changed. And we want to be your instruments. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let's stand together and declare.
we're trusting the Lord to, to work in us and move in us, but hey, I want to encourage us. Like Doug said, let's keep asking the Lord this week, where is God moving in our heart? Where is he speaking to our heart where we can be a change in these things that um, are hurting us and that hurt God's heart and that hurt the world? It's broken things. Let's be instruments in that. And he'll give us everything we need. He's a great provider. So let's ask him, prepare us and put on our hearts what we need to do to help be changed in this. So I hope, hope to see you. Uh, if you're a guest, remember, we got a guest lunch at 1215. Hope you'll stick around and do that. And if we can pray for you, we've got men and women available to pray between the auditoriums. We'd love to pray with you individually if we can serve you in that way. All right, God bless. Have a good day.